to This Week in Video Games episode 40. My name's Tom Kershaw and this is a podcast all about the world of video games. So this week it's nearly Christmas, so I've been looking back at the games of 2019, the best and the worst, and also compiling my top 10 games of the year list. We also had the Game Awards and some surprises including the reveal of the new Xbox console, plus some specs. There's a festive feel to this one, so let's get to it. Welcome to the show everyone, I hope you're well and having a good week. So this week it's all been about compiling lists, the good, the bad and the downright ugly of 2019 in the world of video games. So it's been a busy year full of AAA titles and also some fine indie games have come to the forefront this year. So there's a slightly different feel to the show this week, so rather than go through what I've been playing and all that sort of stuff, I'm going to talk about my games of 2019, which culminates in my top 10 games of the year. So we also had the Game Awards recently where Games won Best of the Year in various categories as well as a few announcements including the new Xbox name and some tech specs. So as the year comes to a close it's time to look back on 2019 and this year was the first year of This Week in Video Games. Uh, so it started out as a podcast in February and then branched out into YouTube videos later on in the year. So thank you to everyone who's listened to a podcast or watched any of my YouTube videos this year. Really, really appreciate you watching and listening. So video games, they're a huge passion of mine and podcasting has been a long-term ambition. So to fully realise that dream in 2019 has been an absolute privilege and pleasure. So thanks too to all my guests for taking the time to talk to us about their journey in the world of video games. You provided insight and expertise to many, so thank you once again. So if you want to get in touch with the show, don't forget to sign up to the Patreon where you can get access to the exclusive Discord server, early access to exclusive audio, voting on content and podcast shoutouts too. So check that out on patreon.com forward slash thisweekinvideogames. But first of all this week, let's have a look at the Game Awards 2019. So Jeff Keighley recently hosted the Game Awards in 2019 and there was loads and loads of categories so we're going to go through those categories now and see what won. So first up we had Best Community Support and in there was Apex Legends Destiny 2, Final Fantasy XIV, Fortnite and Rainbow Six Siege and Destiny 2 actually came out with the Best Community Support so congratulations there to everyone in Bungie and that the community managers DMG, Cosmo and Deej, they've all done a fantastic job this year supporting the community, so thank you very much. Next up, we had Best Score and Music, and in here we had Cadence of Hyrule, Death Stranding, Devil May Cry 5, Kingdom Hearts 3 and Sayonara Wild Hearts. The Cadence of Hyrule was really, really good. Uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts as well was absolutely amazing, but Death Stranding actually came out on top for that one, so congratulations to the team behind the score and the music of Death Stranding. Next up we had Best Narrative, and uh, here we had A Plague Tale Innocence, Control, Death Stranding, Disco Elysium and The Outer Worlds, and a lot of strong contenders there. So I played through A Plague Tale Innocence, uh, a little bit of Death Stranding, a little bit of Disco Elysium, and I played through the whole of The Outer Worlds. So yeah, loads of really, really good stuff in there, but Disco Elysium actually came out with Best Narrative, so good work to the team there. Next up we've got Best Fighting Game, and uh, this one wasn't really a competition. So we've got Dead or Alive 6, Jump Force, Mortal Kombat 11, Samurai Showdown, and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And Super Smash Bros. Ultimate took it. And uh, no surprise there, uh, Smash Bros. has had an absolutely amazing year. Really, really successful. And the DLC packs as well have been super, super successful. And uh, we've got more DLC fighters coming soon. So congrats to the team uh, behind Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Good job! And next up we had Best Audio Design, and here we have Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Control, 
Death Stranding, Gears 5, Resident Evil 2, and Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. And Call of Duty Modern Warfare came out with it. And not surprising, really, the, the, the audio design in that game is absolutely fantastic. And if you haven't played through the most recent Call of Duty, do so. Really, really good. Really good campaign. They brought back that campaign. And it was, uh, yeah, really, really good fun. And the sheer volume of when the bombs drop is, uh, is unbelievable. So no surprise, they won Best Audio Design. Uh, so next up we've got Best Strategy Game, and here we've got Age of Wonders, Planetfall, Anno, 1800, Fire Emblem, Three Houses, Total War, Three Kingdoms, Tropico 6, and Wargroove. And so Fire Emblem, Three Houses took it, but I'm sure it was a really close call with Wargroove, because that was an absolutely fantastic game too. So Fire Emblem, Three Houses was one of the games that I missed in 2019, and I'm really hoping to catch up on that soon. I think in early 2020, I've got a little bit of travelling coming up. So um, hopefully I'll get to play Fire Emblem Three Houses and see what all the fuss was about. So next up, it was Content Creator of the Year. So we've got Courage, uh, Dr. Lupo, Ewok, Grefg, and Shroud. And uh, Shroud took it for this one, so Shroud had a big year. He moved from uh, Twitch to Mixer. Uh, quite surprising, uh, Dr. Lupo didn't get this one for all of the charity work that he's been doing this year. But congratulations to Shroud for taking Content Creator of the Year. Next up is Best Art Direction. So here we've got Control, Death Stranding, Gris, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Sekiro, and Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. And Control took this one. Again, uh, Control is something I haven't played just yet. I did pick up Control in the last few days because in the uh, Epic Game Store uh, they've got a £10 off coupon at the moment and I think Control was on sale as well. So I picked up Control for about 50% off. Uh, so if you miss Control like I did, uh, go and pick that up from the Epic Game Store. There's a really, really good deal on there. But yeah, really looking forward to playing Control. And no wonder it got Best Art Direction because from what I've seen it looks absolutely fantastic. So good work there. Next up, it was Best Action Game, and uh, so here we had Apex Legends, Astral Chain, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Devil May Cry 5, Gears 5, and Metro Exodus. And so quite surprisingly, Devil May Cry 5 won this one, and a surprise it won over Apex Legends, um, and even Call of Duty Modern Warfare, actually. So congratulations to the team behind Devil May Cry 5. Good work for Best Action Game. So next up, it's Games for Impact, and here we are Concrete Genie, uh, Gris, Kind Words, uh, Life is Strange 2, and Sea of Solitude. So Gris took this one, and uh, Gris was actually one of the ones that I played. Uh, picked it up on Nintendo Switch. Absolutely fantastic game. Uh, it's about depression. Um, it's about a young girl finding herself after a traumatic experience. Uh, there's like a colourless world, and as you progress through levels, reds and blues and greens seep back into the world. A really, really amazing game. Uh, and uh, one of my friends, actually, um, who doesn't really normally play video games, uh, I recommended it to him uh, He as he bought a Nintendo Switch for his son. And uh, he came back to me and said, oh, well, Chris is absolutely fantastic. Uh, thank you for re recommending that to me. So, yeah, really, really good. If you've not played Chris, check out my review on the YouTube channel uh, for This Week in Video Games or pick it up yourself. It's pretty cheap. I think it's somewhere between 10 and £20. It's probably found in a sale at the moment, end of year sales. But yeah, pick that one up. Gris is absolutely fantastic. So next up, it's Best Family Game. And here we've got Luigi's Mansion 3, Ring Fit Adventure, Super Mario Maker 2, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and Yoshi's Crafted World. And Luigi's Mansion 3 took it. Uh, not surprising, really absolutely fantastic game Luigi's Mansion 3 really really took me by surprise and uh, I'll be talking about that in my uh, games of 2019 a bit later next up it's best sports or racing game and here we've got Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled uh, Dirt Rally 2.0 uh, Pro Evo 2020 uh, F1 2019 and FIFA 20 and Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled actually took this one surprising over games like Pro Evo uh, F1 and FIFA 20 especially FIFA 20 because FIFA 20 is massive but yeah, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fuel. Congratulations to the team uh, for winning Best Sports or Racing Game. So next up we've got Best Mobile Game and uh, Call of Duty Mobile, Grindstone, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Sky, Children of Light, and uh, What the Golf. And uh, I could have I could have bet you that What the Golf was going to take this one, 
big year for mobile games with Apple Arcade coming out. So Sayonara Wild Hearts uh, and What the Golf, two big games on uh, Apple Arcade. But it was actually taken by Call of Duty Mobile. Let me know if you've played Call of Duty Mobile. I'd really love to hear from you if you've played it. haven't played it myself. So next up is Best Multiplayer Games. So we've got Apex Legends, Borderlands 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Tetris 99. Great to see Tetris in there. And Tom Clancy's The Division 2. Uh, which seemed to sort of fall off the radar from earlier in 2019. No surprise that Apex Legends won this category. Uh, it's been a fantastic year for Apex Legends. Came out of nowhere, built a really good community around the game, and uh, dropped some really nice DLC content, extra characters and things like that. And uh, Respawn have really supported Apex Legends really well. And uh, yeah, congrats to Respawn on getting best multiplayer game. So next up we've got Best Ongoing Game and uh, here we've got Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy XIV, Fortnite and Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. So Rainbow Six Siege, uh, really really good, got loads of really good support. Destiny 2's had another massive year going free to play and having cross save and all things like that. Apex Legends obviously we just talked about. So Fortnite's still the biggest game in the world and the whole games industry seems kind of focused on Fortnite at the moment and uh, they did something absolutely wonderful this year when they upgraded uh, to their latest season where they switched everything off and everything got sucked into a black hole it was, uh, it was an amazing event you literally had streamers sitting there for almost 36 hours just looking at a tiny black dot <laughs> yeah so unbelievable and uh, well done to Fortnite I guess and well done to Fortnite also we had the Fortnite World Cup this year as well which was huge news and uh, congrats to the Fortnite team winning Best Ongoing Game. So next up we've got Best VR and AR Games. We've got Asgard's Wrath, Blood and Truth, Beat Saber, No Man's Sky and Trover Saves the Universe. And uh, no surprises here that Beat Saber took this one. And uh, really, really good fun. I didn't, I didn't try VR until really later on this year. I think it was in early December or late November that I finally tried VR. And yeah, my, my mind has been changed. Earlier, uh, before I tried it, I was thinking, oh, is this a fad? You know, is this, is this really going to be good, any good? And then you put on that headset and you're totally immersed in the world. And yeah, Beat Saber, absolutely fantastic game. So well worth the best VR game. Uh, and congratulations to the team. So next up is Best Performance. And we have Ashley Birch as Pavati uh, from The Outer Worlds. Brilliant character in The Outer Worlds. Got Courtney Hope as Jesse Faden in Control, uh, Laura Bailey as Kate Diaz in Gears 5, uh, Mads Mikkelsen as Cliff in Death Stranding, uh, Matthew Peretta as Dr. Casper Darling in Control, Norman Reedus as Samport Bridges in Death Stranding. Yeah, well, Mads Mikkelsen won it as Cliff in Death Stranding. So congratulations to Mads and the team behind Death Stranding. So many good performances in Death Stranding. There's no wonder that Death Stranding took the best performance. Uh, but I also think Pavati did an amazing job in the Outer Worlds like I say haven't played Control yet and Control's got two nominations here so looking forward to getting into that one early 2020 so next up is Player's Voice and here we have Death Stranding Fire Emblem Three Houses Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and Fire Emblem Three Houses uh, took it and that was their second award of the evening so congratulations to the team there so next up, it was Fresh Indie Game, and uh, we've got Zaum for Disco Elysium, Nomada Studio for Gris, uh, Dead Toast Entertainment for my friend Pedro, Mobius Digital for The Outer Worlds, uh, Mega Crit for Slay the Spire, and House House for Untitled Goose Game. And Zaum for Disco Elysium took it, and yeah, amazing game Disco Elysium. I've only played probably the first two hours of Disco Elysium, so I haven't really touched on it in the podcast just yet. But really looking forward to getting through that one in early 2020. It's uh, yeah, it's won a lot of awards this year, and uh, fantastic. It's a, I think it's a game that comes out of the UK as well. Hopefully, I'll be bringing more Disco Elysium content in 2020. And next up is Best RPG, and uh, Disco Elysium was up again. Final Fantasy XIV, Kingdom Hearts III, Monster Hunter Iceborne, and uh, the big expansion released earlier in 2019, and The Outer Worlds from Obsidian. And Disco Elysium took Best RPG, another award there for um, Zalm. So good work to the team. Really did a great job with Disco Elysium, really caught people's imaginations. It's different, and uh, from a lot of the critics' kind of reviews that you read, you really get a sense that this pushes the RPG genre forward, which is always really, really useful. 
So next up, we have Best Independent Game. So we've got Barbara is You, uh, Disco Elysium again, uh, Katana Zero, Outer Worlds, and Untitled Goose Game. And Disco Elysium took Best Indie Game again. So there's three awards in a row there. There's a hat-trick there for Disco Elysium, so good work to the team. Uh, a little bit of a shame that Untitled Goose Game didn't get any of these awards. Uh, but Disco Elysium, man, it's uh, absolutely fantastic. And next up, it was Best Game Direction, and uh, so we've got Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, and The Outer Worlds, and Death Stranding took this one. Uh, and again, a bit of a Marmite game, Death Stranding. Um, I think you either love it or you absolutely hate it. Um, for some people I spoke to, they felt like it was a bit of a slog uh, to get through. Some other people I spoke to and some other critics and other reviews I've read absolutely love it and say, so, you know, once you kind of, once you get over that hump, and really get into it um, it's really really good now I think I must have played about two to three hours of the game so far I did do a let's play and you can check out the first few hours on the YouTube channel but uh, I didn't really get my teeth into it um, I think Pokemon and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order came out roughly about the same time um, and there was that really busy time earlier in like end of October beginning of November when like every week big hitters were coming out um, one after the other so I kind of had to pick and choose the games that I played but uh, looking forward to going back to play Death Stranding as well as Disco Elysium and uh, a couple of others as well Control I've got to play so yeah 2020 early 2020 the lineup is looking strong uh, so next up it's best action adventure game so here we've got Borderlands 3 Control Death Stranding Resident Evil 2 Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening, and Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. And Sekiro Shadows Die Twice won Best Action and Adventure Game. And uh, this one was another absolutely fantastic game. It's from earlier in the year, from From Software. And Sekiro was unforgiving, uh, challenging, but ultimately really, really satisfying. Uh, I didn't get all the way through to the end of the game. Um, I think other other bits and pieces came out. But what I, what I played of it, I really enjoyed it. I didn't play Bloodborne, I haven't played Dark Souls, so Sekiro was actually the first From Software game that I played, uh, so it really makes me want to go back and play those other games, and it's also really interesting to see um, other games like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order take uh, direction from From Software, and uh, yeah, take inspiration from those games, and uh, yeah, well congratulations to Sekiro for winning Best Action and Adventure Game. So finally, it was Game of the Year, and so we've got Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and The Outer Worlds, and Sekiro actually took Game of the Year 2019 from the Game Awards, and uh, there was a bit of a surprise there, you know, the lineup was really strong, so Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, you know, it's got to be one of the best fighting games, if not the best fighting game of all time, and The Outer Worlds from Obsidian. A really, really strong return to that genre, and perhaps the Fallout game that we'd all been kind of missing out on. Uh, but Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, it took it. Um, absolutely fantastic game. Uh, like I said before, when describing in the action adventure um, genre category just a minute ago, super hard, super challenging, but ultimately really, really satisfying. So, congratulations to the team behind Sekiro from From Software uh, for winning Game of the Year. So what did you think of the Game Awards 2019? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash thisweekinvideogames and sign up to any tier and send in your questions, your comments, and your thoughts. I would love to hear from you. If you're enjoying This Week in Video Games podcast, then head on over to iTunes and leave us a nice review. It really helps get the word out about the podcast. So if you've got access to iTunes, it'd be great if you'd review it. And don't forget that This Week in Video Games has a YouTube channel that goes alongside with the podcast. So... The YouTube channel has the entire archive of the podcast as well as dedicated reviews, interviews and features. So search This Week in Video Games on YouTube and subscribe today for all the latest content. If you want to see anything specific on YouTube, send me an email to podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com. It would be absolutely great to hear from you. Next up, let's have a look at that new Xbox which was announced at the Game Awards and uh, see the details we have so far. Let's suppose that you were able every night to dream any dream you wanted to dream. And that you could have the power 
within one night to dream 75 years of time. And you would naturally, as you began on this adventure of dreams, fulfill all your wishes. But now let's, um, let's have a surprise. Let's have a dream which isn't under control. And then you would get more and more adventurous. And you would make further and further out gambles as to what you would dream. And finally, you would dream where you are now. So Microsoft unveiled their new console to much surprise at the Game Awards 2019. Many in the industry had been expecting an announcement in 2020 as info so far had been light on the new Xbox. However, we now have the name and a few more details. So the console from Microsoft is going to be called the Xbox Series X. So the product design is a little different, so it stands tall and looks more like a PC than we've seen from anything in the past. Although it can be placed both vertically and horizontally, the marketing and press material we've seen so far has it standing on its vertical form. So it's striking, minimalist, and has a green Xbox glow on the top of the console. So in terms of power, Phil Spencer, head of Xbox at Microsoft, says this Xbox Series X console will have four times the processing power of the current-gen Xbox One X. It's going to include a custom CPU based on the AMD Zen 2 and the Radeon RDNA architecture, uh, it's going to include an NVMe SSD similar to PlayStation 5, which is going to help with load times. And it's also going to attempt to future-proof with support for 120fps ray tracing, which I think we're going to hear a lot of in the next generation, uh, variable refresh rate, and up to 8K gaming. Not that many people have got 8K TVs at the minute, but I think, yeah, as I say, they're looking to future-proof their kit. Uh, so Microsoft, they're being a little bit cagey on the details of the GPU, uh, which I imagine they're going to reveal next year as they go into more depth on the tech specs, uh, possibly at E3. So Phil Spencer did let slip that the GPU is going to be eight times more powerful than the Xbox One and twice the GPU power of the Xbox One X. So no doubt we're going to get more details in 2020 on those capabilities. So the Xbox Series X will also include an auto low latency mode uh, and dynamic latency input. Uh, so Microsoft said uh, this is going to make the Xbox Series X the most responsive console ever and designed for a future in the cloud. So this is more likely the preparation for services like Project X Cloud and Xbox Game Pass. So with regards to the controller, uh, it looks a bit like a mashup between the Xbox One and the Xbox Elite controller. Uh, Microsoft said they've uh, changed the design to fit even more hands uh, with the upgrade allowing to fit in 98% of hands rather than 95 This probably means they've made it smaller. So the D-pad looks very similar to the Elite Series controllers. Microsoft has also ensured it will work with Windows PCs and will be backward compatible with the Xbox One consoles. And so there's rumours uh, that Xbox will release another less powerful streaming-focused Xbox console alongside the Xbox Series X. So, in fact, Microsoft did issue a statement concerning around the naming convention uh, for as we're now in a tricky situation with the naming. So, for example, you've got the original Xbox, that was called the Xbox, then you've got the Xbox 360, then the Xbox One. So there you've kind of got two Xbox Ones, the original Xbox and the Xbox One. Uh, so rather than go for the kind of model number like one, two, three, four, like Sony, they've gone for a different path. So it appears Xbox is pressing the reset button on that idea, and the new models are going to be released under the banner of simply Xbox, and the Series X that's going to denote the model and capability. So for example, the Series X that's going to be the most powerful Xbox in the world, and the one that they revealed. Uh, perhaps when they release another version. Like the less powerful one that's going to be more focused on streaming, that and that might be the Xbox Series S, 
and that's not to be confused with the Xbox One S, uh, of course. <laughs> a little bit confused naming convention there, but hopefully Microsoft are going to sort that out. So as well as the consoles, Microsoft have been investing in services such as Xbox Game Pass uh, and Project xCloud. So uh, Xbox Game Pass has taken 2019 by storm with big Microsoft first-party titles like Gears 5, The Outer Worlds, uh, and uh, more available from day one, as well as a library of top games including Ape Out, Lonely Mountain Downhill, The Unavowed. Uh, I think coming this week we've even got The Witcher 3. So as well as the game library, the deal for new subscribers is immense, costing as little as 3 99 a month and as little as £1 for the first month. So it's unbelievable. Yeah, really, really good. And I, I was kind of tipped over the edge this year. I was tipped over the edge this year when The Outer Worlds came out. And uh, I picked up Xbox Game Pass. Really, really happy of my purchase. It's one of the best streaming services. It's the best value for money streaming services I think you can buy. And uh, no, I'm not sponsored by Microsoft. <laughs> but yeah, really, really good deal. Um, so we've also got Project X Cloud, and that's currently in testing. And that was shown a little at E3 earlier in the year. And uh, so that's their new streaming platform, which is going to make Xbox available on devices like phones, tablets. Uh, desktop computers, uh, much like Google Stadia in terms of capability. However, Microsoft's offer on the streaming services side of things looks much more compelling and robust than Google's initial offer. So the Xbox Series X is likely going to have a huge library of games on release uh, with software that's available on the Xbox Game Pass and the console is also going to be fully backwards compatible with Xbox 360 and Xbox One games. So Microsoft, they want thousands of games available, and the plan is to eventually make them all compatible with the Xbox Series X. And the best news is, it's going to be backward compatible from day one. With past generations, we as consumers, we've had the issue with not many games being available on day one, and it appears as if those days could be over. So Microsoft, they look like they're going into the next gen strong, and hopefully they're not going to repeat the same mistakes as the Xbox One, where they were always seeming to play a catch-up to the Sony PlayStation. Um, they've invested in first-party titles with Xbox Game Studios, services, new hardware. So hopefully 2020 is going to be a big year for Microsoft. And uh, you can find out more information on their website. So what did you think of the new Xbox announcement at the Game Awards 2019? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash This Week in Video Games and you can sign up to any tier. Send in your questions, your comments and your thoughts. I would love to hear what you think about the new Xbox. Well, next up, let's have a look at my games of 2019. So 2019 was the year that This Week in Video Games was born, and it's been a busy year in games. So we've had blockbuster hits, standout indie games, and some downright stinkers. So this is my guide to the games of 2019. So I kicked off the year in games with Wargroove, and uh, this is similar to Advanced Wars. Uh, it's a top-down strategy game with a good story and creator mode. So if Advanced Wars is your thing, then give Wargroove a go. Really, really good fun, and it's from the publisher Chucklefish as well, so really, really good. Uh, next up, uh, Apex Legends came out of nowhere in February uh, with a spectacular and surprise launch. Uh, followed by a steady stream of updates from Respawn. It managed to carve out a nice little niche in a world where Battle Royale games are coming and going on a semi-regular basis. So here's looking at you, Radical Heights. So Apex remains to this day really fun, exhilarating and feels absolutely fantastic. So if you haven't played it yet, I'd be very surprised, but if you haven't played it, um, go and pick it out because it's free. So in the depths of winter in 2019, Metro Exodus was released as well. So considered by many to be the best of the series, Metro Exodus is a great example of a stealth survival game set in a bleak, frozen setting, this time above ground. So this was also the start of the Epic Games Store's exclusive saga, where publisher 4A Games pulled Metro Exodus from Steam, and it went on to be an Epic exclusive. So this definitely wouldn't be the last we heard of Epic Games Store in 2019, uh, but Metro Exodus, it was good, atmospheric, Stealthy and uh, at times a little bit janky, but I think it's now available on Xbox Game Pass, so if you missed it, you can go and pick that up. So, not long after Apex Legends, EA uh, published BioWare's Anthem, and this flopped super, super hard. We had a buggy beta, then awful critical reviews. Uh, it was a, there was a lackluster endgame, coupled with grindy gated content in the campaign. Uh, there was limited loot, and the developers scrambled to try and fix it. 
So Anthem, it launched with a roadmap, uh, little which was ever even realised, and it was such a cron- it, it was such a crazy contrast to Apex Legends. Uh, Anthem had a long hype build-up, uh, but released to a flat, disappointing, almost horrified reception. It was it was awful. Uh, we had content creators kind of making these announcements on their YouTube channel saying, saying Anthem, you know, it's going to be this big thing. I've got all these plans for Anthem, blah, blah, blah. And then like two, maybe three days after Anthem came out, everyone was just dropping it. Um, absolutely, you know, dropping it hard. It was it was really, really bad. Um, so we know that games as a service are hard. And this is going to be a really good case study uh, for years and years to come. And there is talk of Anthem getting a huge reboot uh, we haven't got a date yet. We don't know when that's going to be. But Bioware, um, you know, need to—they need to make a decision. You know, they're going to need to knuckle down and change this game drastically, invest in this game, uh, or they're going to have to drop it. And um, I'm not really sure how long EA are going to give them to uh, to make good on this. And even you know, even if they were to successfully relaunch this game, why would why would people come back? So. Yeah, really, really interesting. So, talking of games as a service, so Division 2, uh, that launched in February and that had a really good critical reception. Uh, this felt like more Division, albeit I think that's what people wanted. Uh, and that was followed by a Raid. Uh, we had events and other content updates. Uh, but it felt like it kind of came and went uh, from the media spotlight pretty quickly. Uh, there was a bit of controversy where um, it was impossibly hard for players on console. After 48 hours of trying, uh, people just gave up. Like... Um, with the, with the first raid that was that came out, I think there was no one on the Xbox leaderboard after 48 hours, whereas PC players beat it within a few hours and eventually brought that time down to about 30 minutes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Division 2, um, where did you go? What happened to you? <laughs> Next up, we've got Baba Is You, and uh, it's an innovative puzzle game, and it gamifies kind of coding in a kind of roundabout way. So you're Baba, um, or perhaps Baba Is You, um, uh, it's a top-down puzzle game uh, with different environments. You've got trees, walls, water, other hazards. Uh, so Baba Is You got progressively harder as the game went on, um, but it was certainly a standout indie game of the year. So talking about standout indie games, Katana Zero, uh, where you play as a ninja who's having horrible flashbacks and uh, memory issues. Uh, so you've got clear-out rooms of bad guys with your ninja skills without dying. It's colourful, vibrant, had a great soundtrack as well, and that was definitely one to check out. Uh, in May, there was a couple of British indies which I focused on. Uh, first up with Heaven's Vault, and then with Sun the Skies. So Heaven's Vault is a great RPG where you have to piece together an ancient language helped by your robot helper Six. So it's unlike any other game I've played before, and it's got depth and wonderful world building. Uh, Sun the Skies, uh, that was a top-down exploration and narrative adventure game uh, where you pilot a futuristic train in the depths of space, searching for survivors and resources amongst fallen London. Uh, so the writing is some of the best I've seen and I've come across in games and it develops characters absolutely beautifully and that was from Fail Better Games. So congratulations to both those um, British indie developers. Really, really good stuff. So Dauntless, uh, that was also released in May and that, uh, that was after a year-long beta and that included collecting a lot of feedback from the audience. Uh, that was released with cross-play features from the start, allowing PC, Xbox and PS4 players to all play together, something we all want to see more of in 2020. So um, full cross-play across all platforms has got to be standard uh, for next generation. And um, yeah, so Dauntless is a free-to-play hunting game, similar to Monster Hunter. Uh, the gameplay is excellent and it's free as well. So if you've never played a hunting game, you can try out Dauntless, it's free. Uh, and it was followed up later in the year on Nintendo Switch. Uh, so if you get the chance, you should dive into that one. And next up is The Outer Wilds, and that came out towards the end of May. And what an incredible game this is. Uh, you wake up, uh, put on your spacesuit and explore space, and approximately 22 minutes in, the sun explodes. Uh, so it's your job to figure out why in this beautiful adventure and exploration game. So this was a surprise to many. It came out of nowhere for me. Um, had touching moments and albeit some awkward flying. Uh, but yeah, really, really good. Outer Wilds, it's in, it's in so many people's top 10 lists of 2019. So if you've not played it, check out the Outer Wilds. So June started off moving to the beat with Kents of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer featuring The Legend of Zelda. And that yes, that was a tongue twister. Uh, it was a surprise crossover for those two games. Um, 
being Crypto the Necrodancer and Legend of Zelda. So it took a little while to get going on this one, um, but once you get into the rhythm of it, it opens up and becomes a lot easier. And I think there's also been a recent update with DLC content added to the game. So another big indie game in June was A Plague Tale Innocence. And you may remember this game as The Game with Rats. Uh, it was a really good story, uh, super impressive graphics as well, really, really good. And it's an action-adventure stealth game set in 13th century France. And it's a good old-fashioned single-player narrative game, and it delivered above my expectations. Um, it was a welcome surprise and a great addition to everyone's Steam library. And next up in June, we had Super Mario Maker 2, and that finally arrived with new items, multiplayer, and a variety of new level designs. Players immediately began to create devilishly difficult levels, and uh, Super Mario 3D World was added in there as a new style. We had some new online modes, and they were added too. Uh, the story campaign was surprisingly fun, uh, with the level design experts from Nintendo using the tools to help guide you through the level creation. So that's been criticised somewhat, with the tools not being quite as easy to use as the Wii U version. Uh, but if you like Super Mario Maker, then you will love Super Mario Maker 2. So July was a big month for some top indie games. Uh, we had Streets of Rogue, and that was a rogue light, uh, where you take on many roles in a procedurally generated city. It's top down, it's got excellent 16-bit graphics, and an awesome soundtrack. So I was also lucky enough to interview the creator Matt Dabrowski and uh, yeah, really, really good, really, really good fun and thank you Matt for talking to me. Um, next up, it was uh, Blazing Chrome uh, and that also came out and it's kind of like the Contra game we always wanted on modern consoles. Uh, it's a 2D run and gun style game and it was also released on Xbox Game Pass so if you missed it and you love Contra then you should check it out on Xbox Game Pass. And I've got to give a shout out to Nelly Kutalot, the Foul Fleet on Nintendo Switch. This was another indie adventure game I played this year and really, really enjoyed. This is point and click adventure gaming at its best and really, really funny jokes too. So 2019 was the year that I fell back in love with point and click adventure games. So Unavowed had to be up there with the best of them. Uh, I also played through Lamplight City and Astrologaster. Uh, so only Astrologaster came out this year in uh, 2019 and that's definitely worth a mention on the list. Uh, next up is Remnant from the Ashes, and that came out relatively out of nowhere. Uh, so another game with um, heavy Dark Souls influence, which seems like a common theme uh, in 2019. So it was billed as Dark Souls with guns. It was good fun, pretty tough in places, and uh, well worth sinking some time into. So it was a third-person shooter game uh, where you play in teams of up to three players and take on tough enemies. Yeah, so really good. If you didn't check out Remnant from the Ashes, definitely, definitely worth checking out. And then September kicked off with Borderlands 3. Uh, so I was new to Borderlands, uh, having missed out on the other games. And uh, so you've got the wild loot, the satisfying gameplay. It kept me hooked for a little while, but, but then I did end up dropping off it. But then we had Untitled Goose Game, which came out, uh, and that was the indie darling of September. And uh, that was a game developed by House House and really caught the imagination of the public, so much so that in October, people went as a goose um, to uh, Halloween parties. <laughs> So this is Hitman with Foul and uh, sneaking up on the unsuspecting public and causing absolute havoc. So shortly after Untitled Goose Game we had Link's Awakening Remake and that also landed in September. Uh, so it's a classic game uh, but the crack started to show on a game that is decades old. So I'm a huge Zelda fan for sure but uh, I wasn't really compelled and delighted uh, like I was the first time round. Uh, the graphic style, uh, it's a sight to see and the music is classic Zelda. Um, however, it hits kind of, for me, it hit kind of wider the mark. Um, we did get a sneak peek at Breath of the Wild 2, though, that's in development, so there's a lot to look forward to for the Zelda franchise. However, uh, Link's Awakening Remake didn't really hit the spot for me. So, kicking off October, we're Destiny 2 Shadowkeep, and uh, if you follow the podcast or the YouTube channel, you know I'm a huge Destiny fan. And uh, so that dropped in October and rekindled my obsession with the Destiny franchise. I've kind of been dabbling in the um, the season of Opulence, which was the season beforehand. Uh, but yeah, Shadowkeep really kicked it off again for me. And uh, you'll you'll see all my YouTube videos uh, around the Destiny franchise. So we went back to the moon in Shadowkeep, fought old bosses, and found some great new weapons. Uh, Bungie also introduced cross-save and went free to play with new light, which are two great decisions. And uh, we're starting to see now the single evolving world that Luke Smith was talking about. Uh, and we got we had the Vex uh, with the Season of Undying leading into the Season of Dawn. 
And uh, yeah, the vision really, really starts to become clear. So the future looks bright for the Destiny franchise. And uh, as I said, I spent a massive amount of time making Destiny 2 videos uh, since October. So thank you to everyone who's watched any of those videos on my YouTube channel. So October was a great month for indie games as well. So we had 80 days released on Nintendo Switch uh, from Inkle Studios following on from their success with Heaven's Vault earlier in the year. And uh, that's a game about Jules Verne's uh, Around the World in 80 Days and is a fantastic and unique adventure game. Uh, so Neocab, that came out of nowhere where you're a taxi driver in a cyberpunk future. Uh, what the Golf came out to and that built itself as a golf game for non-golf fans. Wacky, zany, uh, really brought something different to the table. Uh, we had Return of the Obra Din that was released on consoles and that was one of 2018's best PC games and I picked that up on Nintendo Switch so it's a detective game where you have to figure out who killed the crew on the Obra Din and uh, really really good fun if you missed the Obra Din first time around it's now available on Nintendo Switch, Xbox One and PS4 uh, so go and check that out and finally in October I played Sayonara Wild Hearts which is a pop music video game it's bright, it's fluid, the music is excellent so this one feels more like an experience in the video game, but it was fun nonetheless. So Call of Duty Modern Warfare came out towards the end of October uh, with a new campaign having missed um, uh, having missed out in So Call of Duty Modern Warfare came out towards the end of October uh, with a new campaign having missed out on one in 2018. Uh, so this was a great campaign and the multiplayer is back to top form and uh, co-op that's not the best, uh, but the overall package with Call of Duty is excellent. Um, I mainly play these games for the campaign as I'm much more focused to Destiny 2's PvP content. Uh, everything else just doesn't really have the same feeling for me. Um, however, if you like Call of Duty, then you're going to enjoy this. So perhaps for me, the biggest surprise of the year was Luigi's Mansion 3 and that came out on the final day in October and there was an absolute delight to play. So Luigi takes centre stage in the third game in the series and it's fun from the start to finish. Uh, so you've got the worlds within the hotel expand um, the puzzles are just about challenging enough to keep you hooked uh, we've got the graphics and the audio they're lovely and they complement the game really well so I'd not played a Luigi's Mansion game before and I definitely will be queuing up for the next Luigi's Mansion game so The Outer Worlds arrived in November and was the Fallout sequel we'd all been waiting for. Great writing, great characters, a good length of the game as well. It was only about 20 to 30 hours. And this topped many, uh, many games of the year lists, and for good reason. Uh, it's also available on Game Pass, uh, another of 2019 successes. So Death Stranding, then that came out in uh, early November after years of build-up and was met with critical acclaim. So it's a bit of a Marmite game, so I said earlier, um, you either love it or you hate it. Um, but from what I played, I really, really enjoyed it. I didn't manage to spend the time with it I needed to to truly get a feel for the game, but the sci-fi, the world-building, plus the performances from the actors were a great, great experience. Definitely recommend you pick this one. It is a kind of... Like I say, you're either going to love it or you hate it, but in terms of um, the story of video games in 2019, it has to take its place there near the top. So Pokemon Sword and Shield was then released, uh, and it was supposed to be the triumphant console version of Pokemon. It didn't quite land as expected, and perhaps was held back by Game Freak's insistence on having a small team, uh, restricting the scope of the game. So the wild area in um, Pokemon Sword and Shield delivered a peak into the future but we really want more from a console Pokemon title so I dropped off this game uh, although I enjoyed uh, what I did play I wasn't really compelled to come back to it so finally to round up uh, 2019 I played Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and this combines play from games like God of War Sekiro, Metroid and Tomb Raider and this is perhaps uh, some of the most fun I had with the game in 2019 the story, the game mechanics, the pure gameplay and the Star Wars kind of icing on top of that cake. Really, really, really good fun. And uh, if you haven't got to play this game yet, I definitely recommend. If there's one game you should pick up from all these games, it's Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Really, really good fun. And uh, those are the games I did play in 2019. But the games I missed, um, there are a few. So Disco Elysium, I uh, played only a few hours. Uh, not enough to really add it to uh, my list. Um, and uh, Death Stranding, like I say, I played that for a few hours. I didn't really play enough of Death Stranding to add that to my top 10 uh, games of the year list either. Uh, Control, I missed out on Fire Emblem Three Houses and Astral Chain. Uh, you could almost add all those games into a top five. 
Uh, but I hope to get some time to play these games in um, early 2020. But in terms of my top 10 games of the year, so at number 10 is Heaven's Vault, at number 9 is Plague Tale Innocence, at number 8 is Baba Is You, uh, number 7 is The Outer Wilds, uh, number 6 it's Untitled Goose Game, and number 5 is Super Mario Maker 2, uh, number 4 it's The Outer Worlds, number 3 is Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, and number 2 is Luigi's Mansion 3, and in there at number 1 is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And that is my top 10 games of the year in 2019. What did you think of my games of 2019? And uh, head on over to Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash This Week in Video Games. Sign up to any tier and send in your questions, your comments and your thoughts. I would love to hear from you. Well, that's it for my games of 2019. But next up, let's have a look at the charts and see what got that coveted Christmas number one. So at 10, it's uh, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. That's up 7 uh, from last week's 17. And no doubt boosted by the Game Awards uh, award. And number 9, it's Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. And that's up 4 places from last week's number 13. And number 8, we've got Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Uh, that's uh, holding steady there at number 8 from last week. Uh, number 7, it's Just Dance 2020. And that's uh, holding steady there at number 7 from last week. And number six, it's Pokemon Sword, uh, same as last week. And number five, it's Luigi's Mansion 3. Number four, it's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, you must get a special award for staying in the top ten all year round. Uh, good work, Mario Kart 8. And uh, number three, it's Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, uh, down one place from last week's number two. Uh, number two this week, it's FIFA 20, up one place from last week's number three. And EA doing really well there with two out of the top three. Uh, top three games uh, ending year 2019 and in at number one and the Christmas number one goes to Call of Duty Modern Warfare and congratulations to everyone at Activision and, uh, and the team behind Call of Duty Modern Warfare so good work there well that's it for this week's episode and uh, if you want to get involved in the show and if you want to get involved in the show get in contact through patreon.com forward slash this week in video games uh, to check out the latest on the website send in your questions your comments and your video game stories i'm always interested in hearing from you i'm also available on twitter facebook youtube and instagram so search this week in video games on your favorite platform and join in that conversation well that's it for this week and that's it for 2019 so i guess the uh, the final thing to do is say i hope you have a very merry christmas and a happy new year for uh, 2019 and 2020. I hope you have a, a really good New Year's Eve. And uh, thank you for hanging out with me in 2019 and chatting about video games. It's been an absolute pleasure. But I'll be back in a few weeks' time. I'm going to be travelling uh, from the 28th of December until the uh, 11th of January. So I'm going to be travelling over the next few weeks. So I'll be back with a proper episode on the 19th of January and where, where I'll hopefully be looking at Fire Emblem Three Houses and some of the games I missed uh, here in 2019 but uh, next week I'm going to be doing a special episode where I do some predictions for 2020, uh, look ahead to 2020 and do a kind of best of uh, interviews compilation uh, so looking forward to that but um, yeah, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas, get some time uh, to spend with the family, uh, have a little bit of a break and I hope you get some video games so let me know uh, what you get for Christmas and what you're going to ask Santa for um, but yeah it's been absolutely fantastic 2019 it's the first year for this week in video games and I've really really enjoyed hanging out with you and uh, talking about video games so so all that's left to say is Merry Christmas have a Happy New Year but for now I'll see you soon Oh.